Amen. All right. Um, we talked about last week always giving thanks. And one of the things I said that Christians ought to be filled with gratitude. Amen. Christians ought to be filled with what? Gratitude. So now let me say this. Out of gratitude. Now I'm going to help somebody today. Amen. Y'all ready for this? Uh, out of gratitude. What, what do you think should come out of gratitude? Thankfulness. Okay. Gratitude and gratefulness, same thing, right? All right. What else? What else should come out of gratitude? Huh? Uh, ooh, ooh, there you go. You all up in my stuff today. That's where I want to go today. Amen. Because I'm trying to get to the good stuff. See, here's the thing. Some of us struggle with some of this stuff. You find what I'm saying? We struggle with being thankful. We, we struggle with praying. We, we struggle with, and some of us, we, we're strong in some areas, right? But out of gratitude comes what? Praise. Now, here's the thing. David finds himself on the run from Saul. And when you read through the book of Psalms, you'll find that David is constantly complaining, but right after his complaint, he praises God for what he's going through. Are y'all with me? And, and, and oftentimes, amen, what I find is that uh, there are times where our praise is not where it's supposed to be. Amen. Come on, somebody. Now, now we all have a different... Uh, concept of praise but but what is praise what is it outward expression of inward gratitude okay what else it's a heart thing it's a heart thing how many of you struggle to praise sometimes amen now, let me ask you this. Has God been good to you? And so, therefore, if God has been good to you, then it shouldn't really be a struggle to what? To praise. Now, I believe as believers, this is something that we ought to always do. And it is not just prayer, but what? Praise. But Oftentimes, as I said earlier, we allow the stuff in our lives to cloud, amen, what God has already done in our lives. Do I have somebody? And, and listen, let me say this. Let me say this. Out of praise, amen. You know what happens out of praise? Out of praise comes a process of God beginning to soften and to help you to realize that, listen, if you make me the object of your worship rather than your problem the object of the worship, then what will happen is, amen, you will begin to see your problem change. Amen. Now, here's what I want to say to somebody. Don't replace prayer with praise. Don't replace reading scripture with praise. Praise has its proper 
time. Amen. So, because see what happened to a lot of people, they listen to so much gospel music that they don't even get into the word. Come on and say amen. Amen. They don't listen to now one sermon because they feel, well, I feel more sanctified or holified or, you know what I mean, if I'm, if I'm praising. Now, here's the thing. There's a time and place for all that. And you can praise all the time, but just make sure that you are balancing. Does, it, does this make sense? Is this making sense? Amen. Now, go to Psalm 5 for me. I just want to just want to give you a peek into David real quick. Uh, you know, David is the praise master, Amen. And Satan was the praise. Leader. Well, I wish I had somebody. Right. Satan was the praise leader in heaven. You know, that's what he did, Amen. That he was the master praiser. The Bible says his 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 throat was like a well tuned organ. That when he sung, it mesmerized and he was to bring glory to God. So why do you think he uses music now to do the opposite? You will remember a psalm before you remember a scripture. Come on now. Read it for me, somebody. Hmm? Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Consider my groaning. Now, now, hold on. So, what do you think? What do you think David's going through? Groaning, right? And, and, and listen, and, and let me say this: oftentimes, when we're groaning, we ain't thinking about praising. Keep reading. For to you, I pray. Uh huh. In the morning, O oh Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will utter my prayer to you, and eagerly. And what he's going to do? So, so my point is, and the reason I brought you here is this: David said, "I'm groaning. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. I'm going through something, but I'm going to order my prayers to God. I'm not going to pray to my problems." <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to worship my problems, but I'm going to pray. But what I'm going to do is, and here's where we fall short sometimes. And and something that we need to look at is this, that how often do you wait for the answer or do you go before God to create the answer? Amen. And so he says, he says, in the morning, I will order my prayer to you and I will eagerly. So here's the thing. His expectation after his prayer is that something is going to happen. I'm trying to talk to somebody this morning. Can can I help you something? A, A Christian should always pray, but a Christian should always praise. But after you pray. You ought to eagerly expect and wait on God. But here's the other thing. See, what you do in between the praying and the waiting is what's important. And I'm talking to somebody here this morning. Uh, you got to learn how to praise God rather than walking around every other week when you don't get paid looking like you lost your best friend. 
Amen. I'm broke. I ain't got no money. This is happening to me. That's happening to me. The walls are falling down. No, in between, if I prayed about it, then I ought to eagerly wait. Now notice, now some of us, uh, he says, let, let me give you a key, key, key words. Whenever you read scripture, look for key words. When did he say he going to do it? Uh-huh. Not when he driving to work, though. See, see, sometimes God allows us to get into situations where <laughs> it will change your scheduling. Amen. It really will. Listen, if it's urgent enough, you're going to get up real early to pray. But if it's not urgent, you're like, I'm going to pray by late. See, God knows how to get our attention. And, and I want to say to somebody here this morning, you, you got to start using your mornings more productively. Amen. And I know you're staying up late watching Netflix all night and all this other stuff. But here's the thing. You have to spend time with God in the morning. Develop that devotion time with him and learn how to pray. See, when we leave here, we go back to our normal. See, we go back to our normal lives and we go back to our, no, I hope today, and that's, I'm going to keep saying this till you get it. I hope today that when you leave here today, you leave here with a different narrative that I'm going to eagerly wait on God, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn how to praise him. What? Anyhow, go to first Chronicles chapter 16 for me. First Chronicles chapter 16. So we're going to order our prayers when? All right. And then what are we going to do while we're waiting? While, while we're eagerly waiting. In between the waiting and the eagerly waiting, what are we going to do? We're going to praise him. We're going to lift our hands to him. We're going to trust him. We're going to believe. See, here's the thing. I believe that Satan is after your praise. Do you not know that he's after your praise? Because whenever you learn how to praise God in spite of, come on somebody. Whenever you learn how to praise God in spite of, in other words, what you're doing now is what we're doing is we're putting God before everything. Even before the problem. Do I have somebody? First Corinthians chapter 16, I mean, first Chronicles chapter 16, verse 23. Somebody read that for me real quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. now this is a psalm you know did you know that this is an actual psalm in the book of chronicles all right go ahead he says tell of what uh-huh For great is the Lord. Huh. Stop right there. Now let me help somebody with something. And I got to help you with this. I believe that we have replaced God with a lot of things. Whatever has our attention right now 
It's our God. This church can be our God. This building can be our God. Your car broke down. It could be your God. You find what I'm saying? All, school can be your God. You know, people could be your God. You know what I mean? He said he is to be feared above all gods. He says, for all the gods of the people are what? Idols, but the Lord made the heavens. See, I'm trying to get us to get to the point where we understand the attributes of God. And as we understand the attributes of God and who God really is, we stop praising him for what he has done and we start praising him for who he is. There's a difference. Amen. Our kids praise us for what we do for them. Come on, somebody. Amen. They, oh, I love you, Dad, but stop doing for them. They, you ain't hearing nothing. I don't hear nothing. They don't say nothing. Hey, dog, nothing. Just nothing. Amen. But, but, but what I'm saying is, if, if God doesn't, you know, you hear this, if God doesn't do anything else for you, the question is, can you praise him for who he is? God in essence. Amen. God of grace. God of mercy. Amen. God of the universe, God who holds everything together. And oftentimes, saints, we struggle with this in our Christian journey because sometimes, can I just say, we don't even know why we praise. Because <laughs> it comes to a point sometimes, now I'm not saying you, I'm saying it gets to a point sometimes where we somehow forget and we're just going through the, am I, am I off base or am I on point? So, so today God is saying to the vision church, church, I want you to bring the focus back in on me. What do I mean to you? Now, a lot of people struggle with the idea of God. But let me say this, you don't have to go far. To find him. You want to know why? Because when he created you, he gave you a God conscience. And not only did he give you a God conscience, but he gave you the ability through general revelation, not general theology, but general revelation. When you look around that, you know, that there is a God. Amen. And that not only do you know there's a God, but through his son, which you know now, now you have a personal relationship with God. The general revelation just pointed you to God. I'm sorry, to a God. <laughs> Jesus pointed you to the God. Come on, say amen. And so now that I know that there is a God and that he is, he does exist, we should tear the roof off this mother today. Amen. We, our praise should be on real high. Amen. Why should our praise be high? Because God has revealed to us how real he is. Do I have anybody here this morning who can testify? I mean, I'm talking about... That's the things he's done. But I'm just saying, just on GP, you could say, man, I, I know God is real. I, he's shown me, but, but I know something beyond what he's shown me that he's real. Amen. That he's a loving God. That he's a compassionate God. That he's a God that's slow to anger. 
always abounding in glory. Come on, come on. Watch, watch, watch what he says. He says, all gods, for, for all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due. Can I ask you a question? Are you overdue in your praise? <laughs> I'm saying one more time. Are you overdue? Are you late? Oh, I wish I had somebody. Give God what's due to him. Give him praise. Sometimes you may not even know what to say. Just lift your hands. The fact that you have breath and you have life and it may not be going the way you want it. But Lord, I just thank you because I know some people right now. I know some people right now who are not able to do half of what I can do. So it gives me a, 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 a sense of gratitude because remember what we're talking about as Christians, we should always be grateful, but out of that gratefulness should stem praise. But, but give him what, look what he says, glory due to him. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Y'all, y'all don't want to get this part right here. Uh-huh. Can I, can I, can I plug in right there? And don't just come in empty handed. <laughs> Out of gratitude. You know, you know what gratitude and praise is linked to? Your pockets. Watch this. If somebody's good to you, right? Don't you try to find a way to repay them? Let's just say hypothetically. All right. <laughs> and don't quote me on this. Okay. Let's just say, I say to you, bring me your, bring me your car note today. And I go out and pay your car note today. And then next month I do the same thing. And then the month after that, I do the same thing. Now, let me ask you this question. Would you just be like, oh yeah, you know, what, what? No, but I'm saying at, at some point you're going to try to find You, you may get me a card. You may bring, see, what I'm trying to get us to see today is that you say you're grateful. At some point, you got to move past $50. Oh, Lord Jesus. At some point, you got to move past $25. At some point, God should just touch your heart because you truly you're truly grateful. And, and remember what I said on Tuesday night. That when you bring your offering. It's, watch this, it's an act of worship. But watch this. But it's also a time to reflect inwardly. It's a time to say, God, I'm bringing this before you. Number one. Is it acceptable? Am I acceptable? Do I have anything against anybody that I can release or that I need to release so that I can truly worship and praise you? See, look what he said. He says, 
when you come, not just bring glory that's due to his name, but See how y'all look. <laughs> Bring a what? What do you think an offering is? Something. Amen. Don't put your brooch in your <laughs> brooch. Y'all, y'all young people don't know what brooch is. <laughs> Amen. Uh, don't don't bring your, you know, you know what I mean. Look, look what he said. He says, bring an offering. Bring bring what? Bring an offering and do what? Come before him and do what, y'all? Now, we talked about praise, <laughs> but did we talk about worship yet? Uh, amen. Now, now, watch this. He said, and worship the Lord in holy what? What do you think that means? Don't come in here with your bedroom slippers on. Keep your shoes on. <laughs> Amen. Listen, listen. It's just the whole you. How you come. I'm great. Listen, I'm broke down, but I'm grateful. I'm broken, but I'm grateful, Lord. I'm broken, but I still can worship. I'm broken, but I still can bring something to you. Listen, it's not about the dollar amount, but what I'm trying to tell you, saints, is that oftentimes we get this thing wrong about praise. We get so distracted during the praise time, and we get so distracted during the worship. But if you are truly grateful, I can tell a person who's grateful. I can really tell when a person is grateful because they are always doing something. Because they realize that all that God has done for me is nothing I can do to repay him. So while I'm here, I'm going to use the few coins I have. Amen. I'm going to use the few whatever resources I have. I'm going to use the few connections I have. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to help God advance his kingdom. Come on and say Amen. And if that's your narrative today, God bless you because you found out you'll never lack when you put God first. Praise. Listen, you can tell me you love me. But, but, but it's when you show it. Right? Look, look what he says. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stay here. Verse 30. What does it say? Indeed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And let the what? See, the heavens glad, earth rejoice. And let them say among the nation, there it is, there it is. The Lord what? Reigns. Now, that word reigns come from the word sovereign. And in other words, God is sovereign. In other words, what does sovereign mean? Sovereign means full control. That God is in full control of this universe. And you and I, no matter where we find ourselves this morning, God is in control. He reigns. 
The devil is a lie. He cannot have our minds. He cannot have our children. He cannot have your resources. Because God reigns. He's sovereign. Sovereign means that he controls it all. And the reason why God controls it all, controls it all, is because God is in eternity. He looks down the corridor of time. Amen. And he's intimately acquainted with every aspect of your life. And so there's a reason this morning. There's a good reason to do what? To praise him. Go, go, go to John 4 for me. Let me go New Testament. So, so Christians ought to always be thankful, but out of that, out of that thankfulness should come praise and what? Worship. I'm glad you're getting it. Amen. Now, Jesus here is dealing with a woman. You know what I love about Jesus? <laughs> he takes us just as we are. And no matter your past, God knows your future. And if God knows your future, then you ain't got nothing to worry about. You may not know your future, but God knows your future. You have plans, but you don't really know what your future holds. But God knows what your future holds, so you might as well praise him now. Lord, I thank you for my future. I thank you, Lord. I'm going to worship you today. I'm going to praise and magnify your name because you're wonderful, God. I like talking about praise, man. I love talking about worship and praise. Look, look at this for a minute, right? So Jesus had the encounter with the woman at the well. And, um, you know, Jesus dealt with her sin issue. All right? She didn't have one husband. She had many husbands. Other people's husbands. Amen. And she didn't hang with the girls. She hang with the guys. Because I can prove that. Because when she went back, she didn't go get some girls. She went and got some more guys. She went to the men of the city. Amen. Boy, some of us were a mess before we met Jesus. Amen. She was one of them girls. Amen. But, but Jesus saved her life. Amen. And, and and that's a beautiful thing, ain't it? So so she has a question. Jesus presents to her an opportunity, and then she says, fifteen, verse fifteen, she says, The woman said to him, I like context. Woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so I will not be thirsty, nor come all this nor come all this way here to draw. He said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, yeah, you're right. You correctly said I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. Talk about relationship issues. Good Lord, you didn't get it the first time. She didn't get it the second time. She didn't get it the third time. She didn't get it the fourth time. You know, I done been married 15 times. You know, five times. She didn't get it. Relationship. So who's the problem? Was it her or was it them? There's all kinds of stuff in this passage right here. You feel what I'm saying? And so she struggled all her life, amen, with submission, amen, uh, with, with staying still, all right, 
You know what I mean? I don't know what she was lacking, but she must have had daddy issues. Okay? So look look what he says. The woman said, sir, I'm sorry. He said, and, and the one whom you have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in what? And you people, now she being a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, Jesus being a Jew, okay? So the problem we have here, the issue that we're having here between, between Jesus and this woman, that there's a cultural difference, right? There's a Samaritan woman and, and there's a Jewish man, Jesus, right? And, and there, there's been a long-standing hatred between them. Now, notice that she said, you, you, you let me say I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And you people say that in Jerusalem is a place where men are to worship. Right? Jesus said to a woman, believe me, an hour is coming. And neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. See, before we were saved. And some of us, I don't even know what you worship. Come on, y'all. Let me say, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews, right? But look what Jesus said. But an hour is coming. And now is. First of all, let me back up for a minute. Do you know why you worship? I think I need to take all y'all back to two or one. <laughs> why do we why do we worship? We were created to worship. Let me dialogue with you for a minute. Everybody's concept of worship is different, but it shouldn't be, right? But can I ask you a question? Like, why do we struggle so much with worship? Oh, I'm sorry. Do we struggle with worship? We do. Why do we struggle with worship? And praise. Yeah, it's the same. It's it's the same. One comes with uh, instruments uh, like that, and, and then worship is personal. Worship I would put in a personal context. You feel what I'm saying? Praise is the elements. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's also personal too, but you know what I mean? Worship stems from, you know, like the gratefulness, as we said, right? But let, let me ask you this. If, if we were created to worship, right, and we struggle with worship, then why are we allowing ourselves to be remade by something else or distorted by something else. Because when you accepted Christ, you came back to where God wanted you. And so now we allow the things that happens in our lives to distract us from what true worship is. But Jesus said this, you worship what you do not know, but we worship what we know. 
What do we know? Right. Say it again. How to worship. See, and worship involves not just lifting your hands, but your hearts. Worship stems from you saying, God, you know what? I'm thankful. Gratefulness. Uh, Then you have what's called the elements of worship. The atmosphere for worship. Amen. Ready? The attitude of worship. Tell me what I said. Elements. Attitude. And what is it? The elements I would, and, and then you have the action of worship. See, and oftentimes we sometimes act like we don't know why we're worshiping. That's figurative because we see worship, I see worship as an attitude. And sometimes what we do, we, we, we kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to go over here and worship. When worship should be a lifestyle. Right. Worship should be everything that you do. When you say element, everything that you do in your life. Right. Should reflect reflect your your actions, your attitude, listen, your words, your conversation, your mindset, okay? Everything should supersede all of that, okay? And overpower your life to a point where you are in a posture of worship at all times. Because it's a lifestyle, because of what we know. But remember now, I'm going back to the source. It stems from what? Gratitude. That's why I say I can't teach gratitude. I really can't. I mean, it's either you're grateful or you're not. Sure. When you got when you got children, naturally they're not gonna be grateful. No. So I think that's something that has to be taught. Yes. Say thank you. Yes. That's an attitude. Right. I think that can be taught. Well, you, you could teach what to be grateful for. See? What to be grateful for. Okay? I gave you something. Say thank you. Okay? But at some point, it has to come naturally. When it comes naturally, if you look at the children of Israel, okay? And I always use the children of Israel as my example of ungratefulness because God brought them out of 400 years of slavery. Amen. All right. And what happened from the time they hit the Red Sea? God gave them what? Huh? God, God showed them. God provided for them. God gave them gold and silver and all this other stuff when they were going out. Matter of fact, even in the wilderness, their shoes didn't wear out, but they were never really grateful. And you ever notice God never said, let's teach them to be grateful. God wanted to come what? Oh, come on, help me somebody. I believe, watch this now. The action, what you're talking about, yeah, say thank you, teaching them that. But here's the thing. I believe when it comes natural, you don't have to remind them. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and here's what happens. 
out of, out of it developing in you, it's not going to leave you. <laughs> oh, it's organic. Oh, Lord Jesus. It's organic. So that means it's not something I have to perform on Sunday or I have to pretend on Sunday. It's I'm coming. I'm coming here already. I'm lifting my hands. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Because of, look where God has brought me from. Let me just finish. I know I'm over time, but watch this. He says, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. Salvation is from the Jews, but an hour's coming. And now is when the what true worshipers will worship the what father in what spirit and truth for such people. The father seeks God is looking this morning. Who does the father seek? True worshipers. I don't have to pump you and prime you and say, come on and say amen. And come on, man. You should just out of flowing out of what God has done.